welcome to Milano's Wig Podcast. We're your hosts, Gia and Judy, and we're here to take you on your wig-wearing journey and answer any questions you may have along the way. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we're already on episode seven, and this one is a much long-awaited episode. We're going to be talking all about how to get your wig customized and all about Milano's wig customization process. So without further ado, I'll have Judy jump right in. Hi, Gia. This is um, a topic that we definitely, uh, I'm happy that we're covering it because we get so many questions asked so many times. And I would love to, you know, I've always wanted to be able to educate um, our viewers, our listeners on all the different options that Milano has to offer because I feel like a lot of times we're trained and are, uh, we're trained to basically think that whatever is out there is what is available and we can only buy what's in that box. And I think a lot of times when people start thinking out of the box and thinking what is good for me, which is not usually the way it's done, is what is good for me and what works for me and how can I get something like this, um, it really opens up a whole new world where so many possibilities are, are available. And the only thing that you need to figure out or to decipher is what makes me feel comfortable, what works for me in terms of my lifestyle, my habits, and once you understand who you are, it's so much easier to get the options that work best for you. And you end up being a happier person. And, you know, it's not like you're fighting it all the time or you're just trying to fit yourself into something that's out there. So I always start off by telling people, start thinking. And it's it's a thought process that doesn't take overnight. It takes time because you have to kind of train yourself to really be in tune to who you are and what works for you. And once you get there, then it's very easy for us to be able to help you in anything that works for you. Because a lot of times people think, well, there's nothing out there like that. And I don't want to go custom. I don't want to wait three months and not know when I'm getting it and then when I get it, not like it. And by knowing what works for you, a lot of times you can take something, a product that's you know, a regular stock product and just doing the tweaking and customization is what is going to make it what works for you without paying the custom prices, without paying the custom time, which on average, especially with wigs and any hair, it's usually about three months to do it. And you you feel much more comfortable because you're taking something that um, is, you know, a stock, but really customizing and doing those tweaks. And in terms of the tweaks and customizations, I always say it's the finishing touches that really make it you and make it look natural. Because very rarely can you just take something out of a box, throw it on your head, and it just looks amazing. A lot of times it's the tweaks that make it you, that matter to you, and what is important to you, that is what's going to make it you and look make it look like a natural you, where it's really um, is what you wanted. So in terms of customizations, the first thing I say is open up your mind. Open up your mind. To, and really be in tune. And especially, it's hard to say that to someone who is just starting this journey, but there are so many people out there that are so frustrated and so, like, they just want to throw up their hands and be like, that's it, I'll never be happy, I'll never be comfortable. And that's not true. You could be happy, you could be comfortable, because once you find what works for you, you kind of just replicate it every time. And, you know, it doesn't last forever. Obviously, there's wear and tear. But you, when you become in tune to what works for you, you know every time um, when there's something out there, you know, you have your checklist. Does it do this? Does it do that? And as long as it matches your checklist, then you know that that's something that could work for you. So it's really figuring out those um, details first, and I think everything else is secondary. Um, so that being said, I mean, there's so many products out there 
but it's the tweaking and knowing what you have to do to make it work for you that's really going to make all the difference and put it over the edge. Right. Um, awesome. I have a question. Yeah. So, like, sure. let's say that so we do have, like, our stock colors, which I think, but don't quote me on this, but I think that we have 15 colors now. Is that correct? Or yeah. 16? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the things that I kind of had to wrap my head around is, like, the possibilities and capabilities of those process colors. So can you kind of give us some of the options that customers could do with something that's stock with our stylist team? Sure, sure. That's, that's that's a really great question. So in terms of customization, there's two different types of customization. There's alterations on the cap, and then there's alterations in the color or changes in the color, which is our color service. So there's alterations in color service. So I'll go right now into the color service. Um, a lot of times there are colors out there, and there's so many different colors out there. So a lot of times, you know, we're like, okay, so this is the only color they have, and this is what I have to go with. But what people really need to understand is, the color is really just a starting point, but when you have a good styling team, you can tweak colors to whatever it is. And in terms of colors, there's like three different bases. There's a neutral base, there's a warm base, and there's an ash base. And some of the colors favor more warm, while some may favor more of a neutral base, and some may favor more of an ashier base. But that being said, bases a lot of times can be tweaked. So if, for instance, you order like a medium brown balayage, and the top is just a little too warm for you, we can actually ash it out where we, it can be a little bit ashier to, to kind of remove the red, or when we say warm, it's more of like the reddish undertone in the base. Um, with the process, there's two different types of hair that we have, with the virgin European and the premium processed hair. Now, with the premium processed hair, there's a lot of capabilities that we can do. Our stylists are very trained, and they take color classes all the time with top professionals to go over the different techniques in terms of what's going on in the industry, what the trends are, and how hair reacts to different types of color. And in terms of the premium process, what it means is it's been color treated in the factory. So when hair has been color treated in the factory, um, there's certain um, limitations of what it can do, and normally what that is is the darker colors in the premium process line, those can go light. It's not going to go to a platinum blonde, but it can go to like a caramel or even a honey blonde a lot of times. Those are more in the blacks and the dark browns, but once you start going to the medium brown colors and the light brown colors and the blondes, those will not lift lighter because they've already been lifted lighter. Those can only go darker. So that being said, if someone wanted, let's say, a custom color done, and they sent us a picture of what they wanted, what our stylist team does is we work in the reverse. So what we'll do is we'll take a wig that has the or a top or whatever it is that has the lightest color of the highlight, and we'll add all the dark dimension with color to it. So you really can get that same effect um, even with the premium processed hair. We're able to take the limitations but really work around it and create some beautiful, beautiful colors. So we can change tones um, in terms of, like, you know, turning something. You know, if something is more warm, we can turn it ashier. It does go a little bit darker sometimes when you change the tones, um, but we can still achieve that color. So if someone wants to achieve the tone, what we always do is ask for pictures to see what they're looking for. But um, there's so many different capabilities that we can even do with the limitations of the process there as long as we understand what the finished product is or what the info picture of the client is going for. Now, when you deal with virgin hair, virgin hair doesn't have as many colors, but because of that, we're able to go lighter and we're able to go darker. So there's a lot more uh, flexibility when it comes to virgin hair than, it, than there is when it comes to premium processed hair. But either way, as long as we understand the client's needs and what they're looking for, and that's why we always ask for pictures, inspiration pictures, um, we're able to achieve very close to the results that they want. That's great. 
So in terms of like everything with the customization process, I know a lot of times people will send us like their inspo picture, but it's not necessarily a wig. Is there any like differences that you usually try to address with that process or do you try to get it to look like it? So we can usually get it to look like it. Sometimes people will pick a base and then they'll send us the inspo picture. But as long as we have the inspo picture, that's when we can start start guiding the client and be like, if you want this um, as a finished product, then you'd want to go with the darker base. Um, one of the number one things I tell people is that if you're putting color on a wig or a topper, you always want to go with the shade, um, especially if you're adding uh, lightness or highlights to the wig, you always want to go with the shade darker. That's not to say we can't root it afterwards, but um, when you start off with the right base, a lot of times it's less services. And I always say, like, and I, and you know, whenever we talk to the stylist, and the, you know, we want to do the least amount of services to achieve the, the results because every time you're, you know, you're touching the hair, it does open the cuticle, it does do some, you know, form of uh, uh, damage to the hair, which any color does. But that's why you want to do the least amount of services to get to achieve the maximum results. So when you're lifting a wig, um, you always want to, you know, you want to start off with the right base so you don't have to add another service on top of it to, to darken the base once it's lifted. It's kind of like, you know, the way I explained it is like if you're, let's say, a medium brown color and you want to add highlights, you wouldn't start off with your base color because if you kind of blend the colors together, that would kind of be what your end result would be. For instance, if you were a medium brown color and you took a medium brown base and put like a, a lighter uh, light brown or blonde highlight, if you think in your mind, if you blended those colors together, it would actually turn lighter. It would be a lighter color than what your natural color would be. So if you would take a uh, if you were medium brown, you would take a dark brown and you would add the blonde. When you would blend those colors, it would kind of be what your natural base would be. So if you're going lighter on the bottom, you kind of want to balance it by going a little darker on top than your natural base. And normally that really, if you use that formula, it works really well in terms of putting colors in. So, you know, people ask me all the time, I can never go blonde. And I used to say that too, because I'm a natural brunette. I'm like, I can never go blonde. But what I found was when I play around with my rooting, where I go darker with my rooting on top than I would normally, than my normal base color would be, I can actually go blonde because to me it's like if I went blonde um, and it, I went high up blonde, it kind of washes out my face. But if I can add that darker dimension that kind of matches the color of my eyebrow, which usually your eyebrows are a little bit darker than your hair color, um, I can actually go lighter on the bottom because if I would blend the two colors together, it would be more similar to what my natural base color would be. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. So, so um, like yeah. the wig colors, like can you tell us a little bit about what you see that's like kind of like a mainstay that you see is just like a classic color and what you see as trends right now? That's a really good question. Um I think that, you know, there's always trends going, and trends, you know, that's why they're called trends, they come and go. So the first thing I tell people is, especially if you're going into this the first time, is go with what you naturally wear, what you're naturally comfortable with. Because when you go with too many changes at once, it's kind of hard to ease into it and kind of feel comfortable. So the first thing is, yes, you're going through a big transition where you're wearing something on your head, and it's not your natural hair. So why don't we go with a similar color and a similar style to what you're used to. Once you get used to wearing something on your head, you can really go to town and have fun with it and play with it. So in terms of, like, the trends, obviously colored balayages are huge, and balayages have been a huge trend for a long time. But you, everyone needs to know what they're comfortable with. And sometimes I have conservative people where I'll be like, balayage, balayage. But then after talking to them, I'm like, you know what, I don't know 
if a balayage would necessarily be the right thing for them. Sometimes just a subtle, just pop of color would be enough, like kind of like a baby light. And we call a baby light, which is also a very trending kind of a technique where a baby light is very thin highlights where almost like it looks like it's sun-kissed, where it naturally lightens. Because most people's hair, as you go lighter, sorry, as you go down, it gets lighter. So a baby light is more blended and a balayage is more bold where it stands out more like the, the contrast of the dark and the light. So sometimes just the baby light is enough for someone to get that contrast in the hair where it gives a little bit of a pop. So you have to know what you're comfortable with. Color is great, but even with the trend, you know, yes, something could be a great trend, but it may you may not be comfortable for, with it or it may not look good on you. I mean, like ash, like a lot of times, I mean, ash is super trending now, but ash sometimes doesn't mm-hmm. have to, it doesn't always compliment people in terms of their skin tone. Like I could tell you for me, I look awful in ash. I look, my skin looks green in ash. Like to me, warm tones favor it. And it's funny because we, you know, we have a great uh, uh, girl who does our social content. Her name is Mary and she's a, a professional makeup artist. So a lot of times when she tries on the wig or like clients come in, they're like, oh my gosh, it's not fair. Everything looks amazing on you. Everything looks amazing on you. And the reason why everything looks amazing on her is because even though she has what naturally compliments her, which I feel everyone does, which is either warm tone or an ash tone, but she can play with her makeup to make any color look good on you. Because if you really play with your makeup, any color can look good on you because if something washes you out, you just add more color to your face where it doesn't wash you out. But you really have to fight it. So you're ending up spending more time like trying to get the color to complement you than going with the natural with the color that would naturally complement you. So because she's a makeup artist, she can get any color to look like it complements her. But for a regular person who is just, you know, you wanna be quick, easy, when you go with the colors that complement your skin tone, um, just naturally, you don't have it's, but you have to spend less time with your makeup and trying to get it to complement. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, is the rule of thumb if you have a warmer complexion, go for warm tones in your hair? I think so. I know, like more like with your veins, they say like if you have blue blue veins versus um, uh, green veins. But a lot of times, like in most people, like depending on your skin tone, either your ashier colors kind of complement you or warmer tones complement you. And a lot of times, like yeah. it's kind of like with clothing, you know, when you get your palette done. So you kind of know what tones complement you. I always say go with the ones that complement you rather than the ones that are trending. Because even if it's trending, if it's not complementing how you look, you're going to you're gonna be fighting it all the time in terms of like maybe applying more makeup to get it to look for you. Because it could be trending, but the one question to ask yourself is, is this something that complements me? Right. So who who do you think looks best in like some of these trendier pieces, like, you know, like the really, really ashed out platinums and like the grays? Is there well, like a for specific the... skin tone? Um, I don't know if there's a specific specific skin tone. I always find that people that were natural blondes as kids, a lot of times they can really carry away that natural blonde um, kind of look. I think that definitely their their skin tones are a little bit lighter. Um, so I find that normally, like if someone was a natural was a natural blonde, most people as they get older, they're not a natural blonde. But if you were pretty much like a blonde as a kid, um, it definitely looks good. It's good on you. The platinum blondes are a little harsher to 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 carry off. Um, Sometimes it looks like it completely washes you out. I always find rootings help a lot. Like even people that are not natural blonde, you throw a darker rooting in, and if it goes a little bit lower down, and it could even melt in, you can carry away a much lighter color when you root it. But if you try to go blonde and you're not a natural blonde and you don't have that light complexion that really complements the blonde tone, 
um, a lot of times it could wash out your face where it's like sometimes like at the best, a lot of times um, I can see it, like I don't see it right away, but then they put on a dark wig and all of a sudden like all their features pop. And it's like, wow. I'm like, wait, no, maybe blonde isn't good for you. So rootings definitely play a lot in terms of like how to pull off a blonde wig. Um, I find mm-hmm. that people that were natural blondes to begin with, they obviously, it, it's not, you're not fighting it as much, so it's a lot easier for them to, it, for it to complement who they are. That being said, if you want to be a blonde, you can be anything you want. It's what makes you feel good. But, um, you know, there's, and, and if you want to be a platinum blonde, even though you're not a natural blonde, you could be that. You just play around kind of with the rooting so it doesn't wash you out. And rooting and makeup has a lot to do with it. Wow, that's great. So what's the process, like, if I buy a wig and I ask for a custom color, like, what are the steps? Like, is it like, you know, do we do it mostly online or does someone reach out? So the first thing I tell people, first of all, is make sure that you want this wig because when you buy a wig, especially online, in the showroom it's exchangeable, but online it's you can actually return it in five days to make sure that this is the wig that you want. So it's really important if you're unsure on the style of the wig to first make sure that this is the style of your wig. Once you're sure of that, then you can go to town in terms of what colors that you want. Um, what we do is we always ask for pictures because, you know, you can talk to someone and say, well, you have a, you have a picture in your head of what you want. But the way you're describing it, the person you're talking to may not be forming that same picture in their head. And that's why we always work off of pictures. And it doesn't have to be a picture of a wig. It could be a picture of a movie star, your daughter, your aunt, your sister, anyone you want. You could send a picture of And it doesn't even have to be a wig. It could be hair. But once we see a picture, we're able to see the tones, first of all, the tones of the colors and the techniques of how the color is applied. Those two are really important to, for us to understand what you like so that we can kind of apply those techniques and apply those colors to the wig. Now, when um, we do color to wigs, it is, um, you can still return the wig as long as you don't alter it, but you're not going to get those color services back. So that's why it's important to really understand what you want. That being said, it's okay to change your mind. Like if you you think it's going to look great on you and you get it and you hate it, sometimes we can tweak it where you may have to, you know, pay for additional services for us to tweak. Sometimes it can't be tweaked. It doesn't mean you wouldn't be able to get your wig refunded. You could do that and just start fresh. Um, but, you know, there's so many different options when it comes to color. But the one thing I tell people is it's really fun to experiment and it's a lot of fun. But first make sure that this is the wig you want before you start the fun phase of really getting, you know, the, the colors and the dimension and the pops of uh, just uh, life into the wig. It sounds like a virtual consultation could help a lot with that. Oh, definitely. And our stylists are amazing. Like, what they'll do is they'll look at the picture and they'll be like, wait a second, this is the color they want, but this is the wig they chose. There's kind of a disconnect here. And then we'll call the customer and be like, if you could just explain to me and send me some more pictures of what you want. So they don't actually start working on until everything, like all the pieces fall into place. Like, it's like a puzzle, basically. So when they see that everything, yeah, this, we could totally accomplish this look with this picture. And they read all the notes that the client sends as well. Um, and if everything just looks like like it, it just fits, then they just start working on it. But if there is any disconnect, they will call the client and be like, "There's something, you know, this some things don't match up." So you know, a lot of times it's like it's not it's not like remote where it's a robot doing something. It, there's actually a lot of thought process and a lot of you know experience that goes into this. And we take every piece, every wig like a piece of art. Like to us, I always say it's like a masterpiece. And you know, we want as it's come out as a beautiful mass, a beautiful painting that we can have pride in and show this is what we did. So, um, you know, as much as the client is excited and wants to wear it, the stylist is just as excited creating um, that piece of art. Wow, that's great. What's the turnaround time, like, from start to finish? 
So that's a really good question. And I think a lot of times people are like, wait, I need it today. You know, we get that all the time. They're like, I, I you know, I, I ordered it late and I need it in a day because I have a, I have a, 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 a special occasion I need to go to. There's two things I tell people. First of all, if you're, if you're, if you're getting it for a special occasion, don't wait for the last minute because sometimes there may be tweaks that need to be done and you want to get comfortable in it. You want to wear it, even if you're wearing it around the house. You don't want to put it on for the first time when you're going to that special occasion. So um, it's a great question in terms of the turnaround, but hair, it takes longer than hair, um, the, and it is more tedious um, to do. Like for a custom color, which is like changing full-on color to a wig, it could sometimes take like 15 hours. Um, and, you you know, in terms of the turnaround time, but the custom color, it could take like two weeks to get it done. But in terms of the other colors, rootings go pretty quick, highlights, balayages. It really depends on what's in the flow because then with the way it works is whatever, you know, comes in first goes out first. So if it's really busy, it could take, you know, a week, two weeks. Um, but for the most part, I would say if it's just like a highlight or, you know, a rooting, a week is really, you know, a really comfortable average turnaround. But if it's like a really busy season, it could take um, two, three weeks to get done. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What are your busy seasons that customers should be aware of if they're trying to do a custom color? So I wish, <laughs> it's a good question, I wish we could gauge it where I could just like push a button and be like, okay, now is the time to be busy, now is the time not to be. It really, we, you know, we never know when the demand spikes and when it goes down. Um, usually, like I would say, like summer, you know, before the summer, before each season, it gets kind of busy. But there are times that it's just like in middle where it's not like a season changing or it's not like, you know, sale time, I would say, is definitely, anytime we run a sale, it's it, it's it spikes in terms of the amount of services that we're doing. Um, that being said, it's always good to ask before when you get it done, say, okay, what is your turnaround time now? Because we can always give a general and on, on average, this is our turnaround time, but until we actually start working on it and until it's confirmed and put in as a work order in our system, um, it's not, it doesn't go into the pipeline. But once it goes into the pipeline, then we're able to gauge and tell you how long it's going to be because then we can kind of see what other, what the workload is before that went into the pipeline. That's great. And I have a question, too. So what about, like, things? Like, do we, how do we, they usually go about cutting it? Is the customer very involved with that? or? So we don't like subjective. to do – yeah, it is. Um, a cut we can do really well. I mean, people send us pictures of how they want things cut, and we can cut it. That's not to say you can't tweak it. A lot of times we'll err on the side of caution where we'll go a little bit longer just in case because you can always cut shorter. You can't – obviously it doesn't grow, so it's not going to go any longer. Now, in terms of a bang, if someone wants a full bang, um, the thing is with bangs is that it's very it's, – it's a little bit tricky because people's size foreheads are different when it comes to bangs. So what we always try to do is keep them a little bit longer where you can just go to your stylist and cut them a little shorter. Or if you're doing a full bang, sometimes we'll even ask you to measure and say how how um, how long do you want the bang because we don't want to make it too short. Because if we make it too long, that's not a problem because you can go anywhere and just have them trim it a tiny bit. But if we make it too short, then you're, it, we can't do anything with that. So with bangs, um, with full bangs, a lot of times we'll keep it just a tad a little bit long, tad longer. But if someone gives us the exact measurements of what they want the bangs, we can do that as well. Oh, gosh, that's great. So basically it's completely customizable up until the time they send it over. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, you know, there's so many different things that you can do with cutting. Styling and cutting, color, style, and cut are like the three, I'd say, finishing touches that make all the difference when it comes to a wig. You can have the most beautiful, expensive, $20,000 wig, but if it's not 
styled, cut, and colored properly, it can look like garbage. And you can have a wig that's mediocre quality, but if it has that brilliant cut and that, you know, that gorgeous color and that amazing style, it can look better than a $20,000 wig. So it's the finishing touches that really take it over the edge because that's what people notice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there any closing words or advice for wig customers? Yeah, I just want to go, sorry, I just wanted to go on one thing in terms of alterations. Um, We Mm -hmm. customize color, cut, and style, but we can also customize size, which is important because sizing also plays a big role when you're wearing a wig. And we can also customize in terms of um, just different tweaks that we can do to different wigs depending on how you're wearing it. So, if there's ever a concern where you're like, you know what, this is not looking right, or is there any way this can be made better, I always recommend do a virtual consultation because you never know. Sometimes there are minor tweaks that we can do to the cap that are specific to you that will make it look so much more natural. And everyone has different needs, and every and, and when I say it's individualized, it really is individualized because everyone has what works for them in terms of their lifestyle and what's comfortable for them. And we can kind of marry the two um, where we can get the cap to just address those individual needs where um, you feel like, you know, this is it's almost like custom, but it's not. Yeah. And you can also adjust the sizing as well, right? Yeah, the sizing is great. And like some people are like, well, how is this going to fit me if it doesn't fit if it's not my size? Most heads are pretty standard in size, and even when it's not, you can still, most of the time, I'd say very rarely, but do I see a head where, like, no, 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 we need, we need to go full-on custom. Because um, I always say it's like kind of going to Nordstrom's or going to Saks and buying a dress and then just taking it to the tailor to tuck it here a little bit and tuck it there a little bit just to give it a little bit of a finished, um, uh, uh, I guess, touch for you where it just fits your body type. So you don't have to make a dress from scratch to get a dress to fit you just perfectly. You can take a dress that's made well and just do a little tweaking in the alteration that will just just give it that finishing um, uh, adjustment where it'll fit perfectly. So um, you don't have to go custom to get your size as long as we understand what your size is. And sometimes it may require you send it back once very rarely, but sometimes twice, but we always get it right at the end. As long as we understand and the communication is solid and flowing, um, we can get it where it really works for you. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Judy. This has been such an informative podcast episode. Yeah, perfect. And again, if there's any other questions or any other podcasts that you want us to address, because there's so many details when it comes to this, and it's a, it's a whole world to its own, but understanding the details really helps because if you're enmeshed or engrossed in this world, the more details that you know, the more educated you can be, the better your decision-making process is. 